bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics, like we're talking about reality TV. And season two is officially underway of the Real Housewives <laughs> of Total Knee Surgery. So, oh my how is the second season going, Memo? Second season. I asked for a raise. So I'm going to put that out yes, there. Yes, yes. And hopefully you're going to get it. I had to ask the board. Okay. The producers. And the producers. And you know how they are. It's not me. It wouldn't be me if you didn't get the raise. It's them. You know, every day is a little bit better than the last day for the most part. You know what I mean? It's just um, I'm now hobbling, which is great. I was here when you took your first step. Like a baby. Go look at me. I'm walking without crutches. I was like, well, walking is being generous. <laughs> yeah, look at me. I'm standing up <laughs> on my two feet. Uh, barely. And, you know. Did yeah. we forget to do your exercises today? I didn't forget. <laughs> I didn't forget. Uh, but I'm just, it, I've been doing my exercises, but today I have to admit, grr. The grr, exercises hurt? Grr. It's, I needed a break. I needed a break. I'm sorry. I didn't think well, I could do it. You've done them for two days. I think it's been three. Oh, okay. Three days. <laughs> and I just was like, oh my God. So I had to take a little break today. And I decided that I would. <laughs> Dumpling is on one. Uh, I, I, I think he ate something out. I think he found a bug and he ate it. And now he's on bug hunt bloodlust. He, he is a bug hunt. <laughs> Um, if he's looking for a bug, he can look in the mirror. <laughs> so you're so you're feeling just too tired today for your I exercises. Wasn't tired. It's like it hurts so bad, and um, so I was like, okay, you know what? Today I'm going to focus on just walking. Then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk around. Okay, and that's what I did. So is that could that be why it hurt so much? Probably, <laughs> but the bending is just you know lifting the leg is getting a little better. It's the bending it's the bending oh i i don't i really can't believe you've gotten this long without driving it's a nightmare because <laughs> you're just it's a fucking nightmare you are mr i love to pop out to get anything oh. at any time i'll tell you this you know as much of an i shouldn't even say it's a nightmare it's not the end of the world i think to myself i need to pop out and get them but you know what just like getting rid of Amazon, just like dealing with impulse control, it's been good. Yeah, it's like you're finally, you're going to have, you're eating things that have piled up on your pantry wall. <laughs> I, I opened a can of black-eyed peas that have been sitting there. <laughs> but I think the those moved with you. Probably. 
And I thought, and that was the other thing too. I said, you know what? Black eyed I have peas. a ton of food here. I need to just eat it. Well, yeah. And everybody at a certain point, I could see the bottom of your refrigerator. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's the bottom floor <laughs> of her refrigerator. That needs to be cleaned. <laughs> However, it was nice to see it. Yeah. So we'll give it a shot. We'll try and keep this lifestyle going. You know, yeah, I got to eat what's here. I got to focus on the things that I have and not. Now I've done some online shopping. Yeah. I have done some as, as online shopping. As all invalids do. Woo. Well, we but. got some lovely, lovely um, care packages mm-hmm. from two important members of our Patreon family, Meow Meow. Yeah. So first, Max R., yes. our sexy lawyer oh. boyfriend yes. in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. He recently has a new job. He's like some kind of fucking, <laughs> like his first lawyer job. He's like he's like a lawyer detective on Wall Street right. or some shit. Right. I don't even know. I, God knows. Bom, I probably shouldn't bom. even. Yeah. Lawyer Detective on Wall Street. <laughs> what I, a great show that would be. Lawyer Detective on Wall Street. Ugh. He's like literally working in like like he's like a securities lawyer or something. And I'm not sure if we're supposed to tell his business, but we do need to always make it clear he's not our lawyer. <laughs> we we he mm. doesn't even give us unofficial lawyer nope. advice nope. he's nope. he's nope. not allowed nope. he nope. doesn't have passed the bar in california right. how the rules work right but he is like it or not our sexy lawyer boyfriend correct so and nobody's taken that away from us and the law says exactly now he is such a fucking boo he got you a luxurious mm-hmm pillow to elevate your knee specifically for yes, elevating i think knees. it's literally called a knee elevation pillow and then he got you this fan that goes around your neck yes. like headphones like lays over your neck like headphones mm-hmm. which is like no neck fan we've ever seen <laughs> which is great for me and as the weather is getting hot i mean there's nothing as you know i like it to be a nice box in here I can have fans on me all the time. I love to uh, uh, an air blowing situation. And it got hot today. Yes. I am hungover to the point where I think I almost lost my lifestyle. <laughs> and guess who needed to bust the fucking neck fan out? So thank you, Max. Because because your girl used it on point. It's fucking hot. And L.A. said a heat wave. Chili girl used it. Yeah. Chili girl liked it. Okay. And yeah, I didn't. I had no idea. On the weather this morning, he was like, it's going to be cool this morning, and it's going to be warm this afternoon, but a perfect day, California. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, that's so nice. It's going to be so nice. And it was was beautiful this morning, and then it turned hot. So hot, and I've been in a hot flash fucking all day. Yeah. So Max Max's note says, Julie, being hot and sweaty is the worst. I also know you need to keep your knee elevated. I hope these gifts help keep you comfy and cool. Plus tissues, obviously. From Maxwell Rebideau. So, uh, I forgot to say, the coup de gras was, of course... The Kleenex. Boxes, extra large boxes <laughs> of fucking Kleenex. Right on point. So Right on point. I mean, per- Max, the knee pillow is so nice and i have been using it and it's great and we've been using it for all different yep. uses too yeah because it's, gr- it's great. she's been using it like when i have to take the couch when i'm hungover <laughs> and i'm like sorry about your knee surgery find somewhere else to lay and then she'll sit in the chair 
and use the knee yeah. elevation pillow because yeah. it's big. It's big. To, to p- keep your leg off, the, to basically make a couch out of the chair. And yesterday when I did do my exercises, I used it as a thing for my head and back. Yeah, because I said this is like perfect to like it's prop amazing. up. So good. So good. So Yeah, so read my note yes. that I got. So I was uh, moving on to that. <laughs> and for you, m- m- sir... Brandy, I don't want you to feel left out, so I'm sending you something from Etsy. Love, Max, from Maxwell Robidoux. Now, Robidoux do. <laughs> now, he got Rub-a-do, me a, a mug, a yes. coffee mug that says, is you a nurse? <laughs> With And it, there's a square, like, you know, like, check, mm-hmm. like, check the box. Mm-hmm. And it says, yes, no, bitch, I might be. <laughs> and I want, wish, I do wish, the one thing I would change was that it said, bitch, obviously. <laughs> Bitch, I'm your nurse. Who ever would have thought that that's, that you would have done the things that you've done? <laughs> you have not washed me. No, but I would have. And I know. you know what? I should have gotten to do that. <laughs> that should have been a privilege that I was given. But I, I wasn't. I don't think anyone wants to do that. So I saved you from that. Or you didn't have to wipe me. I should have been able to do that, too. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I should have been having I don't to know wipe that we would have made. I don't know if we would have made it through that. <laughs> hey, someday... Someday. Someday. Oh, oh, it, oh the Someday. day will come. I'm quite, I'm quite sure of it. <laughs> okay, so then our baby daughter, meow meow, mm-hmm. Kate Vogel, mm-hmm. she sent a little care package for you, which was designed all around hiding adult treats. And now people who subscribe to our Patreon podcasts know the only thing we love getting <laughs> in the mail more than Kleenex is what memo adult tree i mean it was so sweet of kate very so sweet. sweet she sent um like justin's you know that that elite chocolate brand justin's they have it like starbucks i'm sorry the yeah. peanut butter cups yes dark chocolate peanut butter cups <sighs> oh that's weird sour gummy <laughs> strips delicious which i ate the entire bag of in a 24-hour period and then some gum some very special, delicious, special gum. Delicious, delicious gum, which has really saved the day. Yeah. Um, Kate says, Dear Julie, congrats on the new knee. Hope it's healing well. Here are a few little treats to help. P.S. Try the gum. You and Brandy will really <laughs> enjoy it. Wing, wing. Love your baby daughter, Kate V. She's so good to her moms. Also, by the way, she says in her P.S., who also just had surgery. So that means she was rationing off her own adult treats, which were necessary her own for gum. her own recovery mm-hmm. for yours. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what children do for their parents. Yeah, sharing is caring. Sharing, sharing is, is, is caring. Sharing is caring. And our kids not only give to their parents, which is above and beyond. We do not expect our children to give us anything, but they also share with each other like good siblings. And you can... <laughs> And it's just so nice to see as a parent to see siblings talking and giving each other and sharing. And we get to monitor all our children on Patreon. All of our Patreon children. Yes. Children. All of them. They like the comments, the, the messages, all of it. It's so heartwarming. And if you want to join our family, we'd be happy to adopt you. You can go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and we give two extra hours Okay, two extra hours of shows. Not political, not political at all. We don't even speak the word politics. And we don't talk about the Patreon. No, we don't ask you for anything. But if you don't like hearing people do podcasting on adult treats, it might not be for you because we really, we love to do that shit high, Um, drunk, hungover. 
Yeah. In all states. All states. In all states. Because it's supposed state. to just be funds and we're supposed to be ourselves. Yeah. And you know what? It's just like all state. You're in good hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're in, but you're not. You're not in good hands at all. And that's you're the in, whole point of it. Yeah. Unstable. Unstable. Unsafe. Up. Not yeah. safe space. <laughs> Addicted. Um, You know, hands. But. We try and just have fun. We have fun stories, songs, poems, poems, you know, all of it. I got, listen, I'm just going to let you know, maybe there's bongos coming in the mail. There's things happening, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I've upgraded the... Mm. <laughs> now, did you get a keyboard too? Full keyboard. Bongos are on their way. I had to stop myself from getting a tambourine, but you know what? Got to get that too. Huh. <sighs> I guess we only had a harmonica. We've never mm-hmm. had a tambourine no, here in our no. in our one man band studio. No. Drug den? No. Mm-mm. No. Whoa. Yeah, and you've mentioned a tambourine a couple times in this last year. Oh, because so. I'm I'm obviously the dipshit that gets handed the tambourine. <laughs> like, uh, give it to the slut in the corner. I'll do it. And it's not <laughs> even that easy. It's not easy at all. You're absolutely <laughs> underestimating the job of a tambourine. <laughs> you have to. We've been in a in a. Of church service where they have tambourines. If you fuck that up, you fuck the entire song up. <laughs> you know what that you know does? What I mean? That that did bring back the wonderful, wonderful memory of going to yes. a real, real homey, mm-hmm. gamey, yep. metaphysics, oh, spiritual center so in Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. and there was mm-hmm. instruments on each chair. I lived, and then we picked them up. And did I have a tambourine or no? I had to. Or, or it was like a tambourine, but it was a smaller oh, one. Yeah, like so. the clavicles or whatever? Like a shake. Yeah, I think so. Oh, oh they you, were giving you kindergarten style. Yeah. It was just like did a you maraca. Have maraca. Yeah. And I was like, I want the tambourine. I like stuff like that. But it was just like all that. Oh. And then they knew we were new because it was a small, small spiritual center. Oh, that was stand up, say your name. And they're like, who's new here? And we just sat there and everyone <laughs> turned and stared at us. <laughs> We were in a cult and we were like, we are. And then you're like, hi, I'm Julie. Remember, I go, hi, I'm Brandy and I'm an alcoholic. Just kidding. And I made a fucking Alcoholics Anonymous joke. And then they all were so supportive. They're like, oh, we feel you. That was so brave. And they thought it was serious. And I was like, we got to go back there immediately. (laughs) Because they're also all also alcoholics. (laughs) That was clear. That's what was amazing. That was clear. But and we fit right on in. Then they couldn't have been. If there was if there was a reason if I ever thought of a reason to move to Joshua Tree it was that place. I mean yeah it was literally lovely. that place they couldn't have been it was just like hold me hold me hold me hold and they would have they would have and I thought we did well in the song now I you're right too. a tambourine will you can really pull focus and fuck that shit up because just that happened in the room <laughs> you know that happened in the room and they there was a lot of pulling focus but it was like they didn't care they were like whatever feel the spirit do it how you want to do it. I did notice that tambourines, as in my research for looking for tambourines, and I'll save this for the Patreon, there were many a tambourine that have um, a prayer hand imprinted on it, which goes to show you that there's they're being specifically bought for Boughten and the sold church. And- wow. So we already have Max and Kate on our drug den bulletin board, so mm-hmm. I don't need to yell at them for not including pictures because yeah. we know exactly what... They look like because mm-hmm. they're on our family. But we we never knew what Travi K looked like. Ew. And he just sent to us a picture postcard that's going to go so good. He's so adorable. It's going to go. It's big. It's going to go right on the drug den bulletin board. Travi K. That name sounds like a like a just a famous celebrity name. You know what I mean? Well, there's an Emmy 
on the front yeah, of what his... what is this with the Emmy? I mean, I do love... I mean, if you're not going to have Sean Mendes <laughs> or Trisha Paytas in your pick, an Emmy will do just yeah, fine. Yeah, Travi K, what are we talking <laughs> about here? What kind of Emmy? How exciting. So, hey, queens. My lazy ass has waited over four years to send something to you. Unfortunately, it's just my picture for now. What do you mean, unfortunately? No... Your picture's enough. You should be receiving a special package in 12 to 25 business days and from another country. I hope it gets to you by December 2022. Love you two so much. P.S. I'm holding a news Emmy I won last year in my picture because I'm a thirst bucket. A news Emmy? <laughs> what are you listening to this podcast for? Good for you, Travi. That's amazing. 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 And you are a goddamn thirst bucket. Get us a news job and a news Emmy. <laughs> yeah. You little fuck. I mean, a new. I can't believe somebody who has a news Emmy is listening to and I guess the fact that he hasn't reached out to say, hey, you should call here is a testament to how terrible this podcast is. <laughs> All right. Instead of doing our usual check in with Jojo and Kiki, we're going to find out what the Republicans are cock blocking now. I'm a victim of the no. Stop. Cock. Block. I'm getting sick of all the no. Stop. Cock. This is our segment called What the Republicans are Cock Blocking Now. The premise is pretty self explanatory. Republican lawmakers at the federal, state, or local level cock block Democratic legislation and progressive agenda items. This week, we're going to tell you about an issue they're cock blocking that you may or may not have heard of critical race theory. Okay. Critical race theory is an academic concept which teaches that racism in America is more than just, quote, individual bias. Critical race theory defines racism as a systematic problem that is embedded into our legal system, our algorithms, and our laws. For us, and hopefully most of our 14 listeners, that just goes without <laughs> fucking saying. Like, yeah. no fucking duh. Yeah. Obviously, systematic <laughs> racism exists. It's a serious fucking problem. And anyone who denies that America as we know it today was built around gaining and maintaining white male supremacy is either a white male themselves or the wife and mother of one. Now, we've been wanting to talk about critical race theory and its white grievance opponents on this show for a few months now. We first heard about it in relation to the Southern Baptist Church, whose executive board banned the teaching of critical race theory in all of its Bible studies, Sunday schools, and sermons. This ruling by the Southern Baptist denomination caused a mass exodus of black ministers from the church, which caught our attention and got us <laughs> excited. <laughs> In a couple weeks, we're going to have on Dr. Anthea Butler to walk us through critical race theory and the religious right. Dr. Butler is a professor and author who wrote a book called White Evangelical Racism, The Politics of Morality in America. The book is incredible and she is a force. But before she comes, we wanted to shed some light on critical race theory in education and why Republicans are cock blocking it. Okay, so like we said before, critical race theory teaches that racism is part of a broader pattern in America. It is woven into our laws and it shows up in who gets a job interview, the sort of home loans people are offered, how they are treated by police and other facets of daily life, large and small. 
When utilized in a classroom setting, it's a discipline that seeks to understand how racism has shaped U.S. laws and how those laws have continued to impact the lives of non-white people. That's it. And although it's being cock-blocked with the vigor of a jealous high school (laughs) ex-boyfriend, it really isn't even a thing that's happening in most of the schools in this country. Mm. This week, nine states... Nine. And it, and it, depending on how broad you want to define it, it's, it's about a dozen, mm. but at least nine, including Missouri, Florida, Idaho, Ohio, and Tennessee, have introduced bills aimed at barring critical race theory from the classroom. Again, <laughs> in most of these states, it's already not even in the classroom. <laughs> it's not there. So what the fuck? I mean, even more disturbing, some of the bills don't even mention critical race theory by name. So now you've got a bunch of vague bills vaguely banning what? Teaching about racism? So in the schools that already don't teach critical race theory, which is most of them, they're going to do what? What are they going to do? Skip over the chapters on slavery and the Civil War and the Civil Rights Movement at the risk of getting on a high horse because I get on a very high one in the next segment. Um, how shall I put this? How shall I put this? Oh, I, okay. Republicans are pieces of shit. Crunch rap, supremist shit. <laughs> They've spent the last five months cock-blocking voting at the state level, and now this. They don't do anything but cock-block. It's a party of crunch rap cock-blockers. <laughs> and a lot of the bills and their ambiguity surrounding critical race theory have examples that are word for word taken from Trump's 2020 executive order banning all federal workplace training that included systematic racism. Some of the things that the bills lifted from Trump word for word are banning any teaching that the United States is fundamentally racist or sexist. Oh, that's good. Ban that. (laughs) Ban that. Ban that from classrooms. Ban that from federal workplace training. Absolutely. That is absolutely fake news. This country is not sexist nor racist at all. Banning any teaching that an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. Banning any teaching that implies... An individual should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her sex or race. Don't you ever feel (laughs) psychological distress. No one should ever have to feel that. Banning any teaching that implies meritocracy or traits such as a hard work ethic are racist or sexist or were created by a particular race to oppress another race. These are all things that are banned. And I just want to say to the person who needed to let us know via our website, www.julianbrandy.com. You can also go to dumbgaypolitics.com. We sell shirts there. Um, they needed to send us a, a, a private note saying, time to change your theme song. Mm-hmm. Trump is still here. He's alive and well. This happened in September 2020 that they, they banned in federal workplace training any teaching that the United States is fundamentally racist or sexist. And now that exact document, that executive order is now bleeding into all of these bills where these statements were picked up word for word to go over into the classroom. Right. Just in response to this Trump thing, 
Democrats, and this has been one of their biggest mistakes from the beginning of Trump, you have been rejecting, you have been invalidating, you have been not listening to the fact that people who are into Trump, whether it be from the QAnons un, in, un, uh, up until Liz Cheney, right? Okay, Liz Cheney, and I use her as probably a prime example. Here's a, She's the perfect example, Liz Cheney. And she's a Republican congresswoman from... Wyoming. Wyoming. Liz mm. Cheney is now on her high horse talking about, I'm not going to get behind the lie. I'm not going to do do boo boo boo. Trump with the insurrection, be meow meow, do do do, pa pa pa. Okay, fine. But you know what? She voted 97% of the time with Trump, and she, I'm quite sure, is into and supportive of these bullet points. Now, you might say, yeah, but there is no yeah, but. So, nope. in fact, don't say it nope. because that's what we're talking about with Trump being Trump is still here. He might be fucking exed off of social media, but his philosophy is still there. They might pretend that they don't like that. He talks about grabbing pussies and he talking about making fun of people and he's too aggressive and he's too this. They don't really, truly care. They don't care. They don't care because they like the fact that he's about white grievance, white supremacy, white male supremacy. And then they and are all supportive of that, yeah. including Liz Cheney. And that if you're if you're a Republican now, that's what you're into. And when we say in the theme song, it's bananas and it's Trump. It is. It still is. And it doesn't. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. When you and th- it's happening every right. every second, in particular regarding critical race theory and and Liz Cheney um not to bring in you know our favorite gal Megan McCain but this is all about to blow up in every area where you know a, a Republican pundit who is trying to stand by the party or the party that once was mm-hmm. we're gonna see this come to an ugly yeah. head yeah. because it's gonna come to a head with critical race theory it's not gonna be it's not gonna come to the head with the voting right they're all gonna find a way to say, oh, these aren't really restrictive voting laws. It's going right. to come to a head here yeah. because it's not going to be cute. It's going to be like Black Lives Matter and being like kneeling during football games and Megan McCain, oh, that's against the flag and the armed <laughs> services. And it's it's all going to come down. It's not going to be cute. And we really can't wait. <laughs> we can't wait. So they put all the garbage that Julie read in the bills to keep away the big bad wolf of critical race theory. But why? What are they so afraid of? What the fuck is their problem? So when you ask the haters what their fucking problem is, Mm -hmm. and by the way, like Megan McCain, not for nothing, you will find some Democrats with a white grievance chip on their shoulder. Bill Maher, we're looking at you. That's true. Who love to parrot these tragic Megyn Kelly Fox News talking points. Mm. Now, Bill Maher's particularly egregious simply because he doesn't have kids. So you really, really like horning in with your just white male grievance right there. (laughs) Like you don't even have a fucking dog in the race. Why do you care? Why do you care? Right. But these Megyn Kelly Fox News talking points and any white male Democrat who parrots them just need to be taken with a grain of salt because white grievance is just white supremacy masquerading as victimhood. So the main complaint that you will hear from these salty saltines <laughs> about critical race theory is that they say because it focuses solely on race that the approach itself is inherently racist. <laughs> That's their issue. That's their issue. Because when I think of Republicans, I think about people who have a big problem with racism. Right. <laughs> right. They think it's reverse racism. Right. They love talking about reverse racism, love which it. we know 
doesn't exist. exist. So, now, Jim Banks, an ignoramus Republican congressman from Indiana, said, quote, teaching students to be ashamed of our country and to judge each other based on their race is wrong and divisive. Which, I, 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 so, and I just want to say this is a major thing that they're all saying, too. And Megyn Kelly got on fucking practically in tears saying about, I can't have our children thinking they're oppressors. They're not oppressors. They're children. And we, how can we be divisive? And it's teaching us to hate our country. Nobody's teaching anyone to nope. hate their country. And I, and it, and it should needs to be said, we can all love our country and acknowledge the shitty, 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 shit, 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 shit toilet, the shit that it took to get this country. If any of us want to pretend that we got here out of some sort of like Candyland, you know what I mean, like some sort of right. g- roses and 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 clouds, you're 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 fooling yourself. You can't. We we we're not going to escape the existential baggage no. of our fucking our parents, our grandparents, our grandparents' parents. Maybe you're one of the lucky ones who doesn't have a problematic family member, but I've never met anyone. And God forbid you wouldn't expect if somebody's walking around and they're like, and most of them in Germany, uh, my great grandfather was in the, was a fucking Nazi soldier. Yeah. Like he sure was bitch. Yes. And it's not going to change by you pretending it wasn't. No, and it's it isn't. N- and it's not going to make you any more or less of a Nazi. The truth can't be hidden in the corners. Like you're only right. as sick as your secrets. Like we got to just deal with it. We're not going to pretend it didn't exist. Our little other people's kids not our kids but other people's kids shouldn't pretend it doesn't exist and right and maybe if they didn't pretend it didn't exist it wouldn't keep happening so that's rather the main than, point yeah rather than acting as if you think that your kid isn't a prep being told he's an oppressor then why don't you have it be like you know what he's learning or she's learning where they're coming from brought them privilege, privilege they didn't realize they had, and maybe they don't mean to have it or whatever, but that's the sort of civilization we're living in. So now they're going to work to make uh, equality more of a, yeah. an issue on be, the forefront. Be grateful for it and also be be kind and good with it. That By that same logic, that means we wouldn't teach little boys that they are stronger than girls if they that they have mm-hmm. at any moment they could overpower another human being mm-hmm. and do anything they want to them take their money take anything they want without consent mm-hmm. we teach them not to use that power it's like that logic it's flawed fucking logic we have to teach these kids how not to abuse their inherent privilege and power that they are just born with exactly it's like now rick allen a racist Republican gaslighting congressman from Georgia said that critical race theory, quote, aims to indoctrinate Americans into believing our nation is inherently evil. Arkansas, the wonderful state that has allowed Josh Duggar to remain free, despite being accused of molesting over five girls under the age of 12 and felony possession of level 10 child pornography has made it a priority to stop critical race theory in their schools. And their governor, Asa Hutchinson, allowed the bill to become law without his signature because he said, quote, it's addressing a problem that doesn't even exist, end quote, i.e. they don't teach it in schools there anyway. So maybe the racist, redundantly religious Arkansas state legislature should put more of an effort into eradicating their pervert pedophile population than worrying about a curriculum their teachers don't even use. Okay, now it's time for our brand new segment called Spoken Word Op-Ed. I said, okay. 
the hipping, the hipping to the hip, hip hop. You don't stop the rocket to the bank, bank bookie. Say up, jump the bookie to the rhythm of the bookie, the beat. Now what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. See, I am wonder Mike, and I'd like to say hello. But first, I gotta bang, bang, the bogey to the bogey, say up, jump, the bogey to the bang, bang, bogey, let's rock. You don't stop, rock the rhythm that will make your body rock. Well, so far, you've heard my voice, but I brought two friends along. And next on the mic is my man Hank. Come on, Hank, sing that song. Check it out. I'm the C.A.B. Sandy O.B. And the rest is F.L.Y. You see, I go by the code of the doctor of the mix and these reasons of L.E.Y. You see, I six foot one and it turns up on and I dress to a teen. You see, I got more clothes than Muhammad. And I dress so viciously. Everybody go, hotel, motel. What are you gonna do today? Say what? Because I'm a get a line girl and get some spanky drive off and the death OJ. Everybody go, hotel, motel, holiday, in. This is our new segment called Spoken Word Op-Ed, where one of us or a special guest has the floor to speak our mind on important events happening in the news right now. Some might argue that the entire podcast is like a spoken word op-ed, and they'd be right. Others might argue that we already have this segment for guests to give their unadulterated opinions, and it's called Gay Guys and Their Feelings, and they'd be right about that too. But one, it's not a Tuesday if we aren't inventing new segments. And two... A traditional op-ed is generally longer than a regular opinion piece, which would be gay guys and their feelings. Mm -hmm. And they are usually by an expert or a passionate advocate with an opinion that may be different than the editorial board of the newspaper. In this case, it's Julie who's going to do our first dumb gay politics spoken word op-ed. And while her opinion isn't necessarily different than mine on the subject, me being the other member of our editorial (laughs) board besides her, Her opinion on this subject is certainly a fuck of a lot more passionate than mine. And it is most definitely, probably, perhaps, and most likely different than the majority of the lamestream and social media commentary on the subject happening right now. I would say, right, meow meow? Yeah, man. So without further ado, (laughs) it's time to publish our very first spoken word op-ed written by Julie Goldman on the recent conflict between Israel and Palestine. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Now, I stand with Israel for the most part. And I stand with Palestine for the most part. Wah, wah, wah. Well, this seems to be a very controversial statement. You can't possibly stand with both. You have to choose one side or another. There has to be a villain, a bad guy, a winner, a loser, someone to blame. Well, there is someone to blame. Palestine and Israel. Two brothers in a family who are so fucking stubborn and annoying and won't compromise and whose small dick complex has reached a fever pitch to the point where you kind of want to kick them both out and stop giving them money. I hope we don't get hate crimed when we leave for you saying they all have small dicks. Now, for a while, the more, in my opinion, the more responsible brother, Israel, tried. Tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. And for a while, Palestine seemed to be down with it. Now, there's not enough time to go through the failed timeline of peace negotiations, but an important date to remember is 1947 and 1948. In 1948, Britain offered the brothers co-ownership, 
Palestine said no. Now it's important to be said, even this offering is complicated, and Britain was a two-timing, two-faced scoundrel, offering the Arabs freedom no matter what, and Israel a state no matter what. But the Palestinians said no, thinking they were going to get their freedom and their land anyway, and they wouldn't have to live with the awful, terrible Jews. Well, guess what? The Jews were willing. Sorry, not sorry. Palestinians claimed the land as Palestine, they its native people, and Britain was favoring the Jews, giving them the better land. So fuck them, they said. Well, Britain and Israel said, fuck me, fuck you. <laughs> Israel became Israel and Palestine declared war. The war in which Arabs from all over the Middle East joined to kill the vile Jews. However, the Jews beat them all off with their big Jew stick and won. In 1948, Israel was declared the Jewish state, and because Palestine and Arabs tried to kill them, Israel went and got pretty vindictive on their own and told Jews who could prove that they had land there, like even during biblical times or whatever, they could get it back even if a full Palestinian family was living there, and that's what they did. Unfortunately, this lack of humility and goodwill, in my opinion, reignited the Israeli conflict as we know it today. Yes, it has been going on since before Jesus, but no one seems to care about that. The back and forth... I certainly don't. <laughs> exactly. No one else does, believe. The back and forth, the who's zooming who, has literally never stopped. Since 1948, there have been many attempts at intervening for peace by many countries. Egypt, Jordan, the United States, France, all failed. Because these warring, immature asshole brothers can't seem to get it together. But Israel said yes again and Palestine keeps saying no. I am pro-Israel. Yes, I believe Israel has a right to exist, and there should be a Jewish state. I think Jews deserve it. Israel's the only westernized, openly Jewish and secular, openly Jewish and democratic state in all of the Middle East. We need them, and they need us. I don't, however, think Jews deserve to be vindictive, power-mongering bully victims who have become as complacent as Americans and so let a dictatorial, money-grubbing, indicted prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, continue to run their country. Israel is on the Trump tip, and it's not a good look. I am pro-Palestinian state. I believe Palestine has a right to exist, and there should be a Palestinian state. I think Palestinians deserve it. I do not, however, think Palestinians deserve to be blinded by hate, never compromising, immature, ignorant bully victims who allow a terrorist group to run their fractured country and act like they don't understand why they're being bombed in response to them bombing their brother. If you're a sibling and you know anything, you know when you punch your bigger, more buff brother and don't expect him to punch you back harder and more violently, you're being a stupid asshole. And so here we are. A stronger brother against a feebler brother, and everyone in the family mad at the bigger one for punching down. When in reality, the feebler one has had every opportunity to go to the gym, get fit, and get it together. But he never ever did, because he loves pointing out how downtrodden and violated he is. That's where we're going to get the hate mail. Everyone in this situation is to blame. Every single one. Though I have to admit... I mean, I, I hope no one hate mails me because I'm just sitting <laughs> yeah, here. It's all me. <laughs> I do think Israel, though, has historically tried harder and tried to be the older brother and the bigger person. It's just a fact. But time chips away at patience and Palestine proves this. Through years of fighting, Israel has turned into a twisted QAnon cesspool whose patience ran out like yesterday. Sound familiar? 
They allowed Israeli Trump to be their prime minister, and he's still there making things worse never backing down, and rather than trying to promote peace and coexistence, Benjamin Netanyahu has been systematically creating policy to embolden Jews from outside Israel to settle in homes that aren't technically theirs, and it's utterly absurd. A culture is forming within Israel that is so ugly and QAnon-y against Palestinians to the point where Israel is enforcing full-on pogroms. For Jews to be doing this, it's not only embarrassing, it's full-on shameful. What's a pogrom? A pogrom is when Russians went into Jewish villages in the 1800s and, and, and destroyed and killed and pushed them out and took them out of their homes and took their homes over. Well, you have to tell us this crap, Memo, <laughs> in your spoken word. And now we know <sighs> define pogrom. So Jews, Israelis, of all people, should know better. But Palestinians, girl. You've got no one to blame but yourself. You have never accepted Israel. You constantly allow terrorists to run your country. That's Anyone gross. who even speaks of a two-state solution gets murdered. And the propaganda surrounding Palestine and their victimhood, it is, it's at a Republican Proud Boys insurrection level. The children, the children. Oh, you mean the children Hamas stands behind in order for them to get killed so Hamas can go, the children, the children. And what's Hamas? Hamas is the terrorist organization that currently runs Palestine. Like as in their government? <sighs> they don't have a formal government. They only have a group leading them. And it's a terrorist group. Correct. They don't care about the children. They don't. Hamas does not care about the children. They care about power and destroying Jews. So if you don't want a school or an AP building or hospital to get bombed, I guess you should remove the children and fill it with power. Then maybe Hamas will care about it. But what about Palestine being an apartheid state? <sighs> okay, let's get into apartheid. That old chestnut. It is a word that comes from South Africa. South Africa created an apartheid state. Apartheid meaning apartness. It is in the language of Afrikaans. Was a system of legislation that upheld segregationist policies against non-white citizens of South Africa. After the National Party gained power in South Africa in 1948. Awkward irony. Its all-white government immediately began enforcing existing poli policies of racial segregation. Israel does not have an all-Jewish parliament or government. Israel as a whole, every citizen has the rights as every other citizen. Jewish Israelis are the majority and Arab Israelis are the minority. And guess what? They're not segregated. They are included in every aspect of Israeli law, government, and life. Just like here, we're clear, it's clear, there's absolutely racism, sexism, ism, 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 but legally they're there and they're protected and members of the government. Israel is a Jewish, but also a democratic country. Under apartheid South Africa, there were laws literally against white and black people having sex. It's just not happening in Israel. So it's the only democratic nation in, in the, the Middle, Middle East. East. Now, on the other hand, the Gaza Strip, that's a problem. And I'm not saying what they're doing is uh, right. It is. is <laughs> the Gaza Strip is part of an air, a small little bit of land in Israel where all of this is happening. So is it separate Israel and Palestine? Palestine is basically what people think of Palestine, or at least in an Israeli's mind is would be the Gaza Strip. They would take the Gaza Strip and that would become Palestine. That would become their own state. So currently Israel is quote unquote occupying the Gaza Strip because once they unoccupy it, 
Hamas, let's say, or activated Palestinians, who, whoever you might say, goes and attacks Israel. So this is the problem. So I'm not saying that Israel, quote unquote, occupying or whatever is right. I don't think it is. But they're in a bind. What started as a way of protecting Israel has absolute, absolutely gotten out of control and Trumpian. So what would you have Israel do? with a group of people who systematically since 1948, ironically, have said to the world, literally, Israel will never exist while we're alive. Israel has offered them a two-state solution three times, and every time they say, no, go die, we will eradicate you. And furthermore, we're gonna allow a terrorist organization to go run us. Rather than build their infrastructure and try and build a peaceful and prosperous coalition, they built underground tunnels in order to do terrorist shit, bombings, and secret dealings. Israel has been hanging on to their safety for 60-something years, and unfortunately for them, as well as with Netanyahu, Net we'll call him Netanyahu Trump as president, rather than move towards peace and figure out a way to educate and build up the new generation of Palestinians, since they're terrorists, certainly will not, but Israel at this point under Netanyahu has also gone down a horrible path and has alienated their brother and sent him careening down a path of retribution, violence, and desperation. Israel is on a QAnon path and it's, it's, it's gross. Everyone involved in this conflict has lost their way. No one is able to step back from where we are right now today and go, what are we doing? Let's stop killing each other. Let's stop blaming each other or this will never end. How about, I'm sorry for taking your family's homes and land. I'm sorry we bombed your synagogue. I'm sorry we bombed the AP building. I'm sorry we allowed Hamas to run us. I'm sorry our egos and power and fear got in the way of our humanity. So we're gonna replace both leadership with women and take several <laughs> seats for a while. Why don't you just start there? At some point, things are what they are. Sorry, Jews have a place to live in the Middle East. Deal with it. Israel is a westernized, educated, Middle Eastern country, and we need it to survive. And Palestine could be that too. Israel and Palestine could be a lesson for the world. You don't need to believe in the same stupid religion to get along, but you do need to respect a human being's right to life and acknowledge the wrongs you've done and ask for forgiveness as well as offer it. I'm not saying it's easy, believe me, but after several of my own personal world wars, I can honestly say there's no moving forward without moving fucking forward. Our baggage will always be with us, and in this case, until both parties acknowledge they're to blame, nothing will ever change. There has to come a point where rather than throw your hands up, you offer them out. You shake hands, hug it out, get drunk, yell and scream and cry, and then wake up hungover after, eat brunch, and just let each other live. Guess what? I can't stand my neighbor. He's nosy, annoying, and most likely a Trump supporter. On the other hand, he can be helpful, you know, sort of in an annoying way. He's just trying to live his life, raise his kids, and not pay taxes like everyone else in this country. But I don't need to throw him out of his house, drag him across the street, and then move in a pair of lesbians who make me feel more comfortable and rid myself of his patriarchal privileged man-ass. Hello, UN. <laughs> the UN has to intervene in the same way a parent intervenes with siblings. With love and compassion, understanding, irritation, and a good level of we're fucking fed up and done with your shit. These are actual siblings. That's what's so pathetic. They are from the same father. Different mothers, but still the same family. Outside vultures need to be stopped from gobbling up and staking claim to land that isn't theirs. You don't just get a settlement because God told you. God told me I should go move into a mansion in Beverly Hills and throw Kyle Richards and Mauricio into a garbage bin so I can have their house. It doesn't work like that. Orthodox Jews, I'm looking at you. And guess what, Palestinians? And I say it again. There's only so many times you can throw rocks at a giant before it squashes you. Deal with it. 
Israel needs to stop teasing and taunting Palestinians and flexing and barging into their homes and their places of worship because it impedes with their entitled asses. The list goes on and on and on. The tit for tat, the back and forth. It literally is infinite. So here's the peace plan. Stop where you are in this exact moment and go, okay, how can we move forward from this very point? We will acknowledge the truth. We will ask each other for forgiveness. We will give it. We will not lord it over each other, and we will do our best to take each other at our words. If we're going to live together, then we need to move forward together in good faith. We do what every woman has done from the beginning of time. Compromise. Even when you don't want to because you don't feel like getting at the worst raped and at the best scenario fucked today. At the end of the day, if Israel is serious still about a two-state solution, then try and salute. Toss Netanyahu to the curb and fire him. Then swallow your stupid fucking pride and sit down with your brother. And yes, I'm saying your brother and not your sister, because we know why. Say you're sorry, even if you don't mean it, and do what's right. And Palestine, if you want to prove to the world you're just like everyone else, and you want peace, and you want prosperity, and democracy, and freedom, and the pursuit of happiness, swallow your stupid fucking pride, and get rid of Hamas, and sit your fuck dumb immature ass at the table with your dumb brother and say you're sorry. We're all sick of both of your shit. This is never, ever going to stop. Grow up, both of you. And so I say, I stand with Israel for the most part. And I stand with Palestine for the most part. My name is Julie Goldman. I am Jewish, but I'm not Israeli. And this was my spoken word op-ed. And I don't need your fucking notes. Babe. Babe. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yes, that is correct. Now, a Brandy Howard special theory is that the lobsters who make it to the top of the pile, let's say at a restaurant or in a tank, or possibly get like a claw out the tank or show some real chutzpah for life, they deserve to live. You take them out, you put them aside, or toss them back in the ocean, or just give it a new home where it can live out the rest of its weird life without getting eaten. Almost like a shrine, dare I say. In fact, I'm thinking that should like literally be a law. And I'm sort of interested in this across the board, farms, fisheries, etc. I think it makes me think of hearkening back to idiotic humans giving animal sacrifices to gods and then one god where they would literally kill animals, burn them and waste them in thinking it was some sacrifice to the gods. In reality, it was a waste of life and just proves how gullible people are. Animal sacrifice is one of the dumbest things we've done as a species. And I won't list the other shit, but I promise you this, you know what it includes. <laughs> but humanity has done a lot of good shit too. Compassionate, loving, sacrificial, true shit for real. But much like Israel and Palestine, we are duplicitous idiots who feel entitled to everything for our own selves, especially when it comes to animals and food. Do you ever drive down the street and see a hundred restaurants in a mile radius and just think, where the hell's all the food coming from? What are we doing? Well, we're not going to solve that problem. But this tiny, tiny little act of kindness made me really happy. Full disclosure, lobsters hold a very weird place in my life. When I was in college, I volunteered at the New England Aquarium and my job for I don't know how long was feeding lobsters. My desire was to feed penguins and I thought if I took that job, I would graduate to penguins, but I didn't, so I quit. <laughs> that experience is seared into my mind. Lobsters are a mysterious and odd, weird animal, like giant insects, which can only be described in their very own world, like with weird personalities and instincts. I like eating them. <laughs> and everybody does. And so do I. But Jewish people aren't allowed to eat them, right? No, we are not. <laughs> until later. And then you binge or do it and don't like it or do it and only like a little bit of it or whatever. I never could get through a whole lobster. I can only do the tail. No, that's all. That's the only good part, right? Well, I've there are people I know who will sit and eat it like ribs. Oh, good God. Yeah. Well, so, I know that, they, you know, my f other famous, besides that we should let them go, mm -hmm. the the ones with the, because then you create like a super species and, mm -hmm. and you're right, they should do it across the board with any mm -hmm. animal or with a will to live like that. But the reason that like Jewish people can't eat them is because they're bottom feeders, right? Correct. All of the bottom feeders across the board, like shrimp. Right. Crab. Nothing with a shell. So, and always when they say bottom feeders, I was always like, it didn't really matter to me, even though that is gross, because I thought that that just meant that they were just eating what was on the bottom of the ocean floor, mm -hmm. like ocean trash. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. until I heard a story <laughs> from uh, one of my friends mm -hmm. who said that he was on the beach and he was hungover and he was with his family and he um, vomited on the beach and like he walked away into the sand, I guess, away from his family and he vomited on the beach and then he walked back and he laid back down. And then he saw a crab walk out of the ocean and eat the vomit. <laughs> <laughs> and then it made me think uh, also, yeah, you dumb bitch. If there, it is on the bottom of the ocean floor, it's probably our trash too. It's not just yeah. sea trash. It's yeah. literally litter and waste. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I have not eaten a crab since then. Yeah. Since I heard that story. Yeah. And I don't get the opportunity to eat lobster that much, but I've I definitely eaten shrimp. I 
shrimp today i eat tons of shrimp <laughs> and um well they eat vomit and that's shit. true shrimp shrimps are <laughs> shrimp isn't even le- less sm- i mean shrimps are literal insects of the sea <laughs> so they're gross. literal insects of the sea and we're what we're eating it like it isn't a cockroach so okay fine <laughs> now we digress okay between us discussing lobsters and their will to live what i didn't expect was that rare special lobster who didn't get saved because he was just so persistent, but because he's so damn rare. Enter Freckles. <gasps> Freckles the, the ca- lobster? The Calico <laughs> lobster found at the Red Lobster in Virginia last month. And a staff member found him, and rather than putting him as the special on the menu, they had Freckles rescued. Okay? This is what they said. Red Cal- Lobster does not use real lobster, do they? Like, I mean, that shit comes there frozen. Oh, apparently, apparently Red Lobster is talking about some sustainable fucking fish or fishing and shit. Apparently, this is what, what? The, this is what they're talking about. Calico colored lobsters like freckles are so rare. It was almost unbelievable that we received one. We are so proud of our employees for recognizing that freckles was so special and for reaching out so we can make arrangements for his rescue. A red lobster spokesperson said the zoo then connected red lobster with the verge. So this, so they, so red Who calls lo- a fucking zoo, not an aquarium. So red lobster called the zoo. <laughs> That's true. Dumb idiot. That's true. Red lobster called the zoo. The zoo then connected red lobster with the Virginia living museum, which has a science center zoo and aquarium in Newport news, Virginia, a rescue team was sent to the restaurant to retrieve the lobster and bring him to the, his new home. As if it was an injured, they had to come in in hazmat suits. Come oh, on, you take th- him on a stretcher. He's oh. like, I'm not injured. <laughs> a helicopter came down <laughs> and the team, the, the goddamn team came and took Freckles to this museum. Freckles is now going to live out his possibly long, possibly short life in style and peace. Quote, we see this as an opportunity to share nature's anomaly with guests, as well as continue important education about sustainable seafood practices and significant conservation efforts of the American lobster fisher, end quote, from the, <laughs> from the Red Lobster spokesperson. So there's that. <laughs> So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. And we are so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now. (sighs) After all this time, please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour and lately they've been a hot fucking mess. (laughs) But hey. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no stress. And best of all, you'll never have to hear us bug you to join the fucking Patreon. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking about how annoying and insufferable we are while you're listening. Yeah, like, just go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics to sign up. And if you're still on the fence when you get there, scroll down to an episode from September called Windows Up Sing Time. Just press play and take a listen to see if you like it. And if you do, don't think about it. Just sign up. 
because once you join, you'll never again have to wonder what it's like to be part of the dumb gay pandemic known as our Patreon. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it has been dumb. And spoken word op-eds. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme, maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. Transsexual Transylvania <laughs> So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame so I'll remove the cause. <laughs> but not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs>